Hello everyone, this is Dr. Anna Kabeca on our episode of Couch Talk, a quiet place to have honest, open conversation, guiltlessly and shamelessly. Today our special guest is Dr. Pedram Shojai, who's a man with many titles. I have to tell you that I met Pedram in our integrative health world a few years back and I am one of his biggest fans. I have loved what he does, the heart of with what he does it with. And he has just written this awesome book called The Urban Monk, which I so look forward for him to tell you about. He is the founder of Well.org, the editor of Be More magazine, the author of Rise and Shine, the producer and director of the movies Vitality and Origins, which are much must-see movies. He's the host of The Health Bridge and Urban Monk Podcast, which are commonly tops of the charts in iTunes. He is starring in two TV shows coming out in 2016 and just published his book called The Urban Monk. His next movie is in pre-production and is featuring some heavy hitters that are changing the world. Pedram is considered one of the most influential people in health and green media. Pedram, it's awesome to have you here today with us. Hey, great to see you. Um, I'm kind of jealous. I'm standing and you're on a couch. I <laughs> love it. I know we got to make it comfortable. Typically, I have a glass of wine, but the season of Lent and I gave up alcohol. Oh, that time to give it up for me. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have like a little lounge area in my office up there because behind my standing desk, it was weird to have people come in and sit while I was standing. It looked kind of weird and orator, <laughs> like I was some sort of orator. So it was just like, hey, how about I just create a lounge over there and I'll come over there and sit with visitors and then stand over here and do my work, which has been a really awesome, awesome hack in my life because you know, we just sit too much. I just got off a plane from New York. I get on a plane to Houston in two days and, you know, just up and down, up and down on, on these flights. You're just sitting on your butt and that's not good for your energy. It's not good for your circulation. It's not good for your brain. It's not good for anything. So true. Now if we can incorporate a way to get natural sunlight inside our homes and inside our sitting places and somehow like grounding gardens that are just part of our living space. I think that's going to be, that's the next hack that we need to do. So well, tell us about your, your history, your story and why you've written this awesome book called the urban monk. Yeah. Uh, as you know, writing books is, uh, is a lot of work. And so, you know, if you're going to write something, it's got to be worth writing. And for me, there was just this huge deficit in our space in world with all this kind of self-help stuff where, you know, everyone's trying to come out with like meditation 3.0 and meditation 4.0 and like my version of meditation. And it's all just this, you know, everyone's trying to like reskin this thing that's worked since time immemorial and put their own slant on it because the tabloids and like, you know, the newspapers and the magazines just need new, new, new all, every week. And no one was paying attention to, you know, the old, the stuff that actually works and the stuff that has worked for thousands of years. And um, I just felt like, the industry was heading in the wrong direction. Everyone's looking for a guru. Everyone's looking for someone to tell them what to do. And uh, I just needed to kind of bring some sense to it. So I had to drop a hammer down. This book is, uh, this book is very loud. This book, um, you know, has a lot of character, has a lot of flavor. Um, and it tells it like it is. And that's why it's doing so well. It's, uh, it's a New York Times bestseller now. And it's just been really kind of taking off because um, we needed a refreshing look at self-help we need a refreshing look at like this whole paradigm of like 
Okay, so, you know, Dr. Kabeca, you're so busy, you got all these things going on, um, but the, the only way you're going to be able to chill out and find peace in your life is to do an hour and a half of yoga every day, two hours of meditation in the morning, you know, um, do this kale smoothie and do this for dinner and, you know, go stand outside and howl at the moon. It's like, who's got time for that? I got kids, you know? And so all of these really unrealistic expectations of normal people living normal lives um, is bad enough. The problem is normal, intelligent people living normal lives feel guilty for not getting the two hours of yoga and the four hours of howling at the moon. And we're like, oh, I'm such a loser. I don't take care of myself. And it's just like, stop right there. This is not how a householder is supposed to roll. Uh, these traditions come from ascetic lineages. I was a Taoist monk for four years. I had the luxury of being able to sit on my butt for hours a day and contemplate my navel. And that was great. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. But... You can't do that when you have a mortgage. You can't do that when you have kids. You can't do that when you live in this world. So how do you get yours? And that's what, that's what this book became about, was how normal people living normal lives can drop the guilt, drop the BS, and get into finding that personal relationship with health and spirituality and, and just um, finding that place where you can catch your breath so that you can live your life more fully without all the garbage that we drag around. So it's, it's been a really fun project for me. Well, I'm curious because you're a new papa, right? You have a uh, year and a half and a four month old. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Almost. Yeah, my, my son's almost two now. And uh, yeah, the baby's four months old. And so, yeah, it's, you know, and so it's that loud. changes, right? That changes. So bringing that perspective in what now in within this, you know, family atmosphere between running your practice, being a good husband, partner, lover, being a good father present. And how has, what is something in your urban monk lifestyle <laughs> that um, like, how has your perspective changed now that reality has set in, in such another awesome dimension? Great question. And, you know, you, you hit it right on the head is how do you have to move things around in order to stay good at the things that are important, right? Um, I call it the life garden. And so if you had this garden that, that was the kind of metaphor for your life, what are the plants that you want there? And how do you need to water them? And so for me, you know, I started losing water uh, with, you know, sleep and, and, you know, more commitments at home. It's like, I can't stay here till seven. I got to go and, you know, be dad and all these things. So I started looking at all of the other things in my life that I can no longer afford to water and really reallocating my time and my energy to the things that are important to me. So I got way more efficient at work and I, and I'm an efficient dude. And it was just like, no, 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 no. These other three things, those sound great, but maybe we could do those in Q3 of this year, but um, daddy's got to be here right now. And so you really start looking at your priorities. You really start allocating your attention and your intention to the things that you've elected for your garden. And everything else is a weed. You cannot water it without having your other flowers start to wither. And so for me to be there for my family means I need to be there for myself so I don't get sick. It means I need to take care of the big top-down initiatives at work. And it means I got to let go of saying yes to all these other things because by me saying yes to something new, what it's doing is it's getting me to say no to the things I said yes to yesterday, which, which I thought were important. And so really time management, energy management, um, and all of that 
comes down to a practice that we all need to do. And it's not like, oh, this is Pedram's version of this practice. I don't care what type of meditation or prayer you're doing. You need to sit and develop the prefrontal cortex, which is the part of the brain which is responsible for negation of impulses. And it's also the part of the brain that helps us follow through and stick to plans and programs. And then we're better. We're better. We're able to do the things that we elect to do in our lives in a way that are supportive of, you know, that kind of long-term vision versus just kind of washing up on the beach of your day going, oh, I don't know what hit me. Nobody talked to me. I'm going to be on the sofa, you know, forget about it. I don't care if you want to throw a ball, go out in the street and make some friends. And all these places that our lives end up getting kind of taken into when we don't have enough energy for the things that are important to us in life. And that to me is, I think the, the cause of a lot of breakups that to me is a cause of a lot of problems with children and, and, you know, unfulfilled dreams, which really, you know, weigh on us year after year. Well, I love what you said, because, you know, what differentiates us as a species, right? Is our prefrontal cortex. That's our reasoning center, right? We can't say, Oh, well, we are destined to do this or have all these animal instincts, but we aren't because we have a prefrontal cortex that's designed to give us the higher picture, right? A higher alignment with God, with spirit, with our purposes in life and to really clarify what those are. And we have this reasoning center that when we're way stressed out, when we've had trauma, we can it can there can be disconnections there so i would love for you to share with us a practice to really you know hone in on um the ability to have this guidance through our um through yeah. our practice yeah i mean the, the good news is you don't need to be wearing lululemon to do this you don't need to have like a weird tattoo nice. it's, no, it's great but 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 it's it's uh it's supplemental I know. Right. And that's the problem is everyone thinks like, Oh, I have to dress up for yoga. Oh, I have to, you know, I'm not dressed for exercise. I got to put on that cute, you know, outfit to like, you know, break a sweat and all that stuff is nonsense. The, the, the question is, when are you getting it? How are you getting it? And can you get it right now? And with breathing, the good news is it's with you. I mean, unless you've got an emphysema and you're walking around with a tank, right? You can do breathing right here and right now. And a breathing technique, uh, easy, I could show you an easy one right now, that can drop you from sympathetic fight or flight, stressed out wiring of the nervous system directly into parasympathetic, rest and digest, relax, chill, and get a hold of yourself energy. And it all starts with simply touching the tip of the tongue to the roof of the mouth, and then breathing deeply from your nose down all the way down the center of your body to an imaginary balloon about three fingers below your navel. Inflate that balloon on the inhale for the count of four. Hold for the count of two. And then deflate for the count of four. Exhale. And then hold at the bottom of the breath for the count of two. And then just repeat. So inhale, one, two, three, four. Filling up that balloon. Now hold the balloon full for two seconds. One, two. Now slowly exhale and deflate the balloon. One, two. Out the nose. Three, four. 
And now that you're empty, hold for the count of two. And then just keep going. And what you'll find is that you will inevitably, very quickly, get distracted. You know, ooh, squirrel, right? Like you'll just, you, you will very quickly have the monkey mind take over and start thinking about something. Oh, my nose itches. I can't believe she said that. Am I going to be late for this? What about my daughter? All these types of things that come up and boot up in the mind are natural. And one of the grave misconceptions of um, meditation in general is people are like, well, I tried meditating and I couldn't silence my mind. It's like, well, I studied with the Dalai Lama. He can't silence his mind. That's not how that works. I just wiggled my toe that sent information to my brain that reflected in the form of a thought in my mind. It's, if it's completely silent, you're dead. And a lot of the text that came over um, was people misreading this stuff, thinking about this like Satori, you know, Nirvana experience that like, you know, one out of a thousand Zen monks will get, you know, once in a while and equating that with what meditation is supposed to do. And it's all this just kind of like fireworks, bang, bang. That's not it. It's about developing awareness so that when those thoughts come up, you go, okay, I'm just going to go back to my breathing. Sink back in, just count and breathe, breathe and count. And, and that practice in and of itself will fundamentally change your life. Not because you heard me say this on Couch Talk. Only if you actually do the work. And this is where I draw the line and it's somewhere where I'm just pissed off. Is that the media and the health gurus and all these different people out there want to tell you what you want to hear. What are the three ways I could fix my life right now? Give me the five steps to fixing my sleep and my sex life and growing my hair right now. And it's just... It's sensationalized BS. And so if you want to get better, do the work. The literal translation of Kung Fu is hard work. So how hard is it to meditate? Well, it's a lot less hard than living lives that we live. And so, but people have been brainwashed into thinking that there's some like magic, magic fix it all kind of technique or supplement or pill or kale smoothie recipe that's going to fix their life. And that's nonsense. And that's also a gauntlet I threw in the book. Well, I think that's awesome that you say that because, well, number one, Mighty Maka comes pretty close. I'll put that caveat in. I'm kidding. <laughs> but really, <laughs> we, we do have, we do, it's the hard work, the small hard things on a daily basis, the things when we put our, we open our eyes in the morning to set our attention, to have rituals that bring us into the present. And, uh, you know, I shared with you a little bit before we got on that I went into a silent retreat and like God knew it had to be silent. Like I was the only one there. There was no one for me to help heal, you know, converse with, be distracted by. It was that, you know, that is an incredible sense of peace. And since that silent retreat really bring in uh, all you know these practices that we talk about the meditation mindfulness uh, being present letting the past go it is it is a thing of the past it's called in the past for a reason take what lessons we need and let's move forward from this grounded healthy beautiful point in the present and and this this enlightenment this sense of wonder and gratitude and compassion that makes us the human beings that we're designed to be will meet us in health or sickness, will meet us in strength or weakness, will meet us in wealth or poverty, will meet us in designer or generic, right? Will meet us wherever we are right now, wherever you are listening to this call, 
recognizing that wherever you are is where you you know are right now and that the next step you make is a step forward and that these practices help us make that step in the direction the design the intentions for a life you know life well lived full of purpose but really full of love and love right i mean does love come with a price tag never has never has never has and would you say these practices bring you into a more loving state 100 percent. listen one of the things that is um an epidemic in our culture is we will run ourselves into the ground as the martyr trying to take care of everyone around us and then everyone around us has no choice but to hear us complain hear us fall apart deal with our migraines, deal with our leaky gut, deal with all the problems that are emerging with us because we're no longer strong. And so the orientation is all wrong. When, I, when my Kung Fu grandmaster, old, old man from China, first said this, um, my hippie sensibilities thought that he was out of his mind. And, and his saying to us always over the years, and it finally grew on me, was first help yourself, then help the world. And I was like, well, that's so selfish, right? And no. At the end of the day, it was because once you help yourself, you have the agency, the potency, the power, and the, the vitality to be able to stand and, and freely love and take care of the people around you because your, your tank is full. And then you, then you learn how to kind of pull that, that kind of grace through you so it's not your energy you're giving, right? But most of us will, you know, if you look, if you can pick up your phone right now, right, and be like, okay, um, what are your priorities in life? You're like, well, you know, I got you know, my family, my health, my, my career, my this, that, and the other. Most people, like especially when I was, you know, running, uh, you know, clinical settings, right? They, I'd talk to them about that and I'd be like, okay, great, let me see your phone. Open it up, let's see your calendar. I don't see a single appointment that you've made for your exercise with your family or anything. This is all work, 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 work. And so your entire schedule has now been crowded out by work. Where are your priorities? If you don't book an appointment with yourself, if you don't book an appointment for the things that you said are important for you, when the heck do you think you're going to get them done? When are they going to appear? It's like, oh yeah, when I get home at six o'clock, I'm going to you know, finally read that book to get myself ahead in my career. You're wasted by the time you get home, right? And so you know, just looking at that and looking at how to kind of realign your priorities um, in a way that will not only serve you, but serve your dreams and aspirations is something that we really haven't been taught how to do. And, um, it's something I had to learn how to do. Um, but I've been teaching people for the last 20 years and it's been really effective for thousands of people. So, you know, it's just, again, it's, it's, you know, you, you write a book because it's time to write a book, not because you decide you want to be a New York times bestseller. Um, and so that's why this book is doing what it's doing is because there's a lot of truth in it and there's just a lot of wisdom that, you know, not just through me, it's stuff that I've kind of gathered and experienced in my 20 years of doing this that have worked. And that's what I share because at the end of the day, just, you know, give me an example of something I can do for my life um, that will be effective and then I'm in, right? I don't like conjecture. I don't like theory. I don't like philosophy. Give us a testimonial of, of, a client you've worked with and one of the practices that you teach in Urban Monk? Ah, oh, there's lots of them. Um, each chapter has a very specific patient that has been transformed. Um, the one that comes to mind is the one in the loneliness chapter. 
And I don't know why I just, you know, I just let things kind of come through me here. Um, personal trainer looks great on the outside, dying on the inside. Goes home and drinks himself to sleep, sneaks out, smokes cigarettes, washes his fingers so he doesn't smell like nicotine for his clients. Um, all smiles, but miserable on the inside and completely disconnected from people, completely disconnected from the world at large, goes to work, does his thing, pumps iron, looks good, and is falling apart from the inside. So this guy uh, basically you know, started with fatty liver, you know, you know, early cirrhosis, all kinds of things. You look at the guy and you're like, you know, damn, he's fit, right? Uh-uh. And he bought into this, this promise, right, of, of the external shaping people's opinion of you. And dude's got a way better body than me, but I got a lot more friends. We got a lot more loved ones, right? And, and, and the thing is, is that we've all done that. We all think that the car, the purse, the social circles, all these things, all these external promises of things from the outside that are going to give us cultural capital, that are going to get people to like us or love us are the answer. And it's just, it's absurd. And the answer is to learn to love yourself. The answer is to drink from the fountain and to find that place inside of you that sparks your joy, the stuff you want to do. And so, you know, I work with this guy to kind of find that and kind of come back out of that hole and find, you know, kind of the, the, the little boy inside who really, you know, you know, he was, he was bullied and picked on. And now he's like this big tough guy and all this kind of crap. He's just, now he's a big, tough, lonely guy. And so, you know, just getting into the, the core of what drives us to behave the way we do and the person we think we are today, I put it to you, has a lot of armor around him or her. The storefront is so energy dependent that most of us are exhausted putting all of our energy into pretending to be the person we think we need to be for the world outside to love us, care for us, accept us. And it's exhausting. It's absolutely exhausting. And it was annihilating this guy. And so we flipped it around. You change the perspective. You learn to do self-care. You learn to find what makes you happy. And you start doing the things that you enjoy doing. You make friends that have similar interests and you turn the per you flip the perspective inside out because really the inner eye the perception of of the question who am i and the answer to that question is never an answer it's another question and then you can jump into the great mystery of life right and then you start really digging into what's really important and learning about the eternity and the enormity of who you really are and then all that other Kardashian BS starts to fall away. And then you could be really healthy. Then you could be really happy. I, I love that you hit on this because it definitely hits our society, right? We're more connected digitally than we are interpersonally. And that interpersonal connection is so important. I remember a Facebook commercial, I don't know, a few years back. And it was this girl's like, oh my gosh, I have a... Uh, a couple hundred friends my mom and dad only have 14 and they show the mom and dad out with bikes on their car then going mountain biking with their 14 friends right and the girls in a room alone with all our 200 friends and you know is that that contrast is like how are we interacting and I want to share a story with you and our listeners because I think other people may feel this this loneliness too and and I want to talk about spiritual desolation and 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 Pedram you know this right you know that like 
when these feelings of anxiety, worry, fear, loneliness, that's not real to us, right? That's not real to our design. That that is spiritual desolation. That is like the, the downer side, right? And then consolation is that sense of love, joy, happiness, compassion, just the flip side of the coin. But when we recognize that, say, what am I feeling? This is a spiritual warfare. This is like that, that you know, and, and look, why? Is it, it, where are my thoughts? What are the reality behind my thoughts? You know, like you were saying, this person, this incredibly look good looking bodybuilder that should have it all together and is self-medicating right he's self-medicating he's self-medicating his loneliness and continuing to isolate himself and his friends his alcohol or his friends his cigars keeping him busy when you ask the underlying question why 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 and then really who are you and this is you know i say my soul image my soul image no matter what i'm feeling right now my soul image takes precedence over my self image my body image and my other's image so mm-hmm. connecting to that soul image of our design is key and this sunday i had this you know this beautiful revelation as i was coming i came home um uh, late and my daughter had spent my both daughters had spent the night at friends so i wake up sunday morning time change, totally alone. And I felt this spiritual, I felt this loneliness. And I'm like, wait, you know, I have people that love me. I know, you know, I've got a purpose. I've got a mission, you know, but I felt that severe loneliness. And, and so I, uh, you know, read some spiritual reading and I went to early, early church and I'm sitting alone in church feeling that loneliness and, you know, and just saying, God, help me with this, you know, help me with this. I know I'm not alone. Help me with this. And I um, got paged. My uh, daughter's was feeling um, homesick. And so the mom she'd stayed with said, Hey, you know, she's a little teary. Do you want to come get her? Do you want to wait? And I said, I went and I got her. And as I left, we went into a little breakfast restaurant Um, and we saw another one of Ava Marie's friends and her moms who I've known for years. And we sat with them at the table and they ended up joining us back at the, at the church for the kids service, as well as Ava's girlfriend, who she spent the night with. We said, well, we're going to be going to church. Well, she brought all of them. So now I'm sitting in the back pew again, but with two of my dear friends, one on either side of me all together and our kids having a really great time in kids church. And so asking for help. And some it will come to us. We need to be able to ask and humble ourselves, really, to humble ourselves to ask, but also know that we, at that instant, you know, are a blessing to other people and to other families. And for me, it was just, it was beautiful to have that quick flip of, flip of emotions and flip of the coin and then just be incredibly um, feeling the reality of love instead of... There's a couple layers to that too, which is, it's a beautiful story is that, you know, a, you went into the house of God asking for help, um, for your loneliness only to realize that you're never alone, but you can also, this is also the house of God, right? You, you, wherever you are, are never alone. And that's the, that's the, the cosmic joke that we're right on the other side of getting in any instant in our lives is we are one breath, one sentiment, one opening of the heart away from the power of the enormity of the universe, whether you call that God or Tao or whatever it is, you called 
that through you. And then all of a sudden you're just like basking in the abundance of friendship, which is where you were feeling thirsty that morning. And it's right there. It's right there. It's always right there. And health is right there. And all of the things that we seek outside of ourselves, the orientation is the problem. And that I think is the, the pathology of our modern world is that we're looking outside of ourselves to, to heal that. And then once we go in and we unlock that, then the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, will mirror that and, and, and basically rain the abundance of that right back on us. And it's just, it's like, I didn't make this stuff up. You know, this has been going on since time immemorial right. and it just, it just works. It always has worked and it's just, it's, it's beautiful. Oh, it's that connection to everyone else, right? We say that love connection, that spiritual connection, that we are connected. We are, like you said, never alone. We are never alone. But as we go through our spiritual journeys and unlocking these mysteries, right, and recognizing that, oh my gosh, is this all? Was this easy? You know, gratitude, you know, expressing gratitude. Where can I... You know, where could I have done better today, examining our day? Where could I have, you know, where, where could I have been more uh, spiritual today? Where could I have been more gracious today? You know, how, you know, those little self-examinations and that enable us to take joy in doing those hard things that really have a long payoff. And then in your practices, they're not hard. They're not hard at all. It's a lot harder to suffer all day, every day. I'll give you that. Um, and most people do, right? We carry around this albatross. We basically suffer and, and drag around the weight of our calamity. And it's an absolute ec exercise in futility, right? In, in turning that around and becoming way more conscious of who you are, wiggle your toes on the ground, uh, align yourself with your heart and love your body. It's really hard to think clearly and see clearly and go through some of this. If you're eating Doritos and drinking, you know, Coke zero because it has zero calories, it's still garbage. And so take care of your body. Your mind will become more clear. The access between heart and mind, the, the prefrontal cortex, all these, all these kind of uh, amazing, amazing places where the circuitry is already set up for us to be connected with that higher self just waiting to get sparked back on. And there's a couple choices we make every single day, every single meal that help us kind of drive in that direction or move away from that direction. And then once we start favoring that math, all of a sudden just get out of the way, man, because it becomes like a, a tsunami. It's so beautiful. And then life just takes on power and, and meaning and vitality and all these things that we're looking for in you know the next 20 books or the next you know 50 workshops and all this kind of stuff that we do just like hungry ghosts chasing after answers the answers have to come from inside and it, it really has to do with how we treat the temple and so a big part of the cult that you know i emphasize in in this book is love the temple and everything else starts to align pretty quickly I love that, exactly what you said, because there's such a huge connection between the energy of our body, the energy of our spirit, right? That clarity point, heart central, 
when, you know, we have, and we know, like the fourth phase of world, water, right? There were 93% water, and we have this fourth phase of water, and it's, you know, this beautiful research. I think Gerald Pollack will win the Nobel Prize for it. But um, just this concept, the energy concept, and how important it is what we ingest, what we breathe in, what we drink, what environment we live in, create for ourselves, and the mental atmosphere around it, right? Placebo effect, nocebo effect. So, um, in, in placebo effect is when, for our listeners, when we think that something will help us, it helps us. Nocebo effect is when we think something's going to be bad for us, it's bad for us. So, using our mind to our advantage too, but incorporating, clarifying the temple and the energy practices and the nutritive practices and from nourishing our mind to nourishing our spirit. What about media? And I know we're going to close here in just a minute, but what about the media influences? Where would you, you know, um, direct clients to get more information or to avoid? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> I have a lot of opinions about this and, the reason I left my clinical practice to get into making movies and doing the things that I do is because I realized people were getting sick faster than I could help them and we were losing the propaganda game. Um, when you have Larry the Cable Guy standing in front of a hot dog stand saying, you know, I used to eat this crap and suffer, but now I take Tums and I'm okay, that messaging is toxic. and that is what we're being bombarded with day in and day out saying, look, there's a cure outside of yourself. We're going to fix it. Eat this stuff. It's fine. And um, buy these things. They're going to make you more desirable. Buy these things. You're going to fit in. Buy these things. Real men drive this truck. Real women have this purse. All this nonsense that is absolutely very specifically designed to brainwash us into feeling like we're not whole. And the only way we can be whole is to approximate that feeling by keep putting our money into the pockets of the people that are now buying our politicians and polluting the planet. It, the whole thing is just a mess. And so my next movie is on conscious capitalism and how you put your money with the companies that share the ethics that you share for a, a collective future that's better. And so put your money with the good guys. Ingest media that enriches you. Ingest media that helps grow your, your, um, wisdom base and also helps inspire you to move your body and get out there, right? I don't sit there and watch TV. It's just, I'm not smart enough to watch TV. A couple commercials later, I'll think I need to like buy that truck. You know what I mean? It's like, we don't, we don't have the capacity to sit there and just get punched in the face. It's like any, like, you know, an old martial arts saying is if you get in the ring, even if you win, you, chances are you're getting punched, right? You cannot watch traditional TV without getting subtle, messaging embedded in your subconscious. And so I draw a, a real line around that and say, look, you know, just be very careful about the media that you ingest. There's lots of really great stuff on Netflix and Hulu and you get TiVo and, you know, look, I'm not, I'm not a Luddite. I think that there's a lot of really great media and entertainment out there now, but you know, pick, pick the way you do it so that you are a master of your own domain and, you know, read books that enrich you watch. There's all kinds of amazing stuff on the internet now with people that are like teaching things that have never been taught before and just, you know, subscribe to these things, put your money into the things that will help enrich you and your family and stop paying 85 bucks a month to the stupid cable companies. Right? So I just, I just think that we need to take it back. And the only way we take it back is one mind at a time. 
And, you know, I realized that if I, you know, I have two young children, as we've discussed, if I want to make this world a better, safer, uh, more just and cleaner place for their children, I got to get to work right now. And so every single one of us has to choose which world our children are going to inherit with every dollar we spend. And so if you're spending your money on companies that are driving the world in a direction that you're not comfortable with, or companies that are supporting lobbyists or supporting politicians that do so, you just got to wake up to that. We have way more power than we think. Well, I, that, I couldn't resonate more with that message and, and so um, second it for sure. Now, Pedram, please tell our listeners how they can get your book and also to watch Vitality and Origins. I love those movies that you've done. I look forward to your next movie too. And uh, I know your book's available on Amazon. But yeah, uh, so The Urban Monk is available pretty much everywhere books are sold. You could get it. There's a bunch of uh, bonus videos and Tai Chi and meditation tracks that I have um, on theurbanmonk.com where you can get the book and all those things, or you could go get the book and come back. I don't care where you get the book. Just read the book. Um, and then the rest of my stuff, just well.org is my universe, and uh, you could have access to both my movies. I mean, Vitality is on Netflix. It's, I mean, they're both on iTunes and I think Origins will be on Netflix in a couple months. Um, uh, and you know they're out there; they're doing their thing. So they're, um, you know, they're they're my way of stepping out of the clinic and playing a bigger game to help do my part and make the world a better place. And we've all got to do that, right? It's it's we do it for our children. We do, and you've been an amazing positive force. And I look forward to all that you're bringing forth in this world, and especially that you put this book out and these movies out, and your whole heart and soul behind it. So I just really am very grateful for you to spend this time with us today. I encourage our listeners to check out Urban Monk and also well.org for Pedram's other movies and resources, et cetera, and just lots of great literature. He puts a lot of science and research behind everything he puts out, but the heart is in the right place. And that's one of the, my main loves of Pedram for this reason. And I encourage all our listeners to, um, Rate us on, if you're listening on iTunes, our own podcast, please rate us. And also, if you're watching on YouTube video, please share this. And we look forward to seeing you back again on Couch Talk. Thank you, Pedro. And thank you to all our listeners. Great to be here. Thank you.